You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. We love you guys. Thank you for showing up today. And I'm going to get right into it. We are on a series, our August series, called Cut Loose. And we introduced this series last, last week. I introduced this series uh, talking about the framework that God gave the people of Israel for forgiveness of sin and for restoration with Him. When they came out of Egypt, God gave them a framework. But it was really a way to renew their hearts, a way to teach them to let go of the past so that they could move forward in their commitment and their relationship with God. And that system was a tabernacle. The tabernacle. And the tabernacle was a place of consecration. It was a place of purification. And I believe that from time to time, you will be called in your heart for a time of purification. A time of uh, uh, consecration. A season when you will feel the, the, the tug in your heart to let go of certain, of certain things. To cut loose from certain things. And God will sometimes call you out of something without really telling you why He's doing it. But He is leading you out of something. And that awareness... That awareness uh, can come through a feeling or a thought or a sentiment that you have to make some decisions. It might be an intuition. And God will even seize a moment of pain that you might have had in the past. A moment of struggle that you might have had in the past to restore you and to call you into His presence. And to help you break a bad pattern in that season of consecration and purification. So throughout this week... We're going to remind you of something that I shared last week as well. Because for us to engage in this process of purification, for us to cut loose from certain things, which most of the time, they're not easy. Most of the time is not something that we want to do. But for us to do that, we have to look at freedom differently. We have to change the way and the perspective uh, that we have about freedom. You know, many times I think that freedom is the liberty to do whatever we want whenever we want. But for you to live by purpose, you need to understand that your freedom serves you best when it serves your calling, not your cravings. And that is something that we need to have on the inside. It is better to make decisions based on your calling and your purpose than to make decisions based on your cravings, on your desires. And this series is birthed really out of this idea. So in the next few weeks, we will address certain things that you need to cut loose from. Certain things that might hit home for you, for you to cut loose from, uh, you know, them. And we encourage you to bring some people. Next week, my wife is going to share a message. It's going to be good. And uh, she's going to share a message on cutting loose from pride. Yeah. Not a lot of excitement, right? Because usually when we think about pride, we think about somebody else. Right? When we, listen, when we listen to a message about pride, we're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who this is for. So if you, you know, this is what I'll say. If you know someone who needs to hear a message on pride, bring them. Bring them. Don't tell them why you're bringing them, though. We promise you this will be our pact. We're not going to tell them unless they listen to the podcast and they'll know. But uh, don't just bring them. Bring yourself as well, okay? The following week, I'm going to be talking about cutting loose from offense. And that's really important. There is a kind of freedom that you will find in your life 
That's one of the greatest freedoms you will experience is, is when you discover to live your life unoffendable. And that's probably not a word, but I'm going to use it anyways. <laughs> Living your life unoffendable. So you got to come back for that. Um, it's, it's, it's really important for us to learn that. And we're going to challenge you in some basic ways of thinking to make you, uh, help you make better decisions. But it's all built on that framework that your freedom serves you best when it serves your, your calling and not your cravings. Now, this, uh, this idea might be different for some of you listening today because, as I mentioned, until this day, whether you articulated uh, this way or not, you lived with the frame of mind that you are free to do whatever you want, whenever you want. After all, that's what adulthood is about. Doing whatever you want, whenever you want, as long as you don't hurt anybody. As long as you don't hurt anybody, it's okay. And that has been your standard, probably. I don't know if you thought about articulating it that way, but a lot of people, that's their standard for living. You know, it's typically, uh, that's how they think. But that's, a, that's a, a something we say usually when we know we are engaging in something that's not the best for us. Maybe it's not the worst, but it's not the best. And then we say, you know what? It's, it's, it's not hurting anybody. You know, you overindulge in an area of your life. You overindulge in a, in, a, in a part of your life and you sense that you should change. You sense that you should tear yourself, you know what, walk away from it. But then you just, you know, as, as long as I'm not hurting anybody, it's okay. You binge on television instead of going to bed at night and you have that word, that, that, that voice on the inside telling you, go to bed, go to bed. But then you reply, just one more season, just one more season. And then you go to bed and you're tired. And you think about it and you go like, I should have gone to bed earlier. But you know what? As long as I'm not hurting anybody, it's okay. You know, maybe you have 30 minutes after dinner and you think, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go get a book and I'm going to read a book. And you make your way to the place where you have your book. And then you pull your phone out and you think, I'm just going to check Facebook real quick. And then an hour later, you go like, oh yeah, I was going to go get that book. Now I got to go. And you feel bad about it, but you go like, eh, I'm not hurting anybody. You know, it's okay. But when you make poor decisions, even though you know better, someone is getting hurt. And it's yourself. Maybe not immediately, but eventually those little decisions can build up and take you off track. You know, eventually the overindulging means that you're gaining weight. The overindulging means that you're getting drunk all the time. And, and eventually that'll hurt you. You know, eventually, the nightly binging on TV leaves you sleep-deprived. You get to work late. You're moody in the morning. You're not treating the people that you live with right. And then you're not performing well at work because you're tired. And all you can think about is 5 o'clock so you can get home, stretch on the couch, and watch some more TV because you're too tired to do anything else. And you're living in a cycle, a cycle of, of, of sleep deprivation because little decisions. You know, instead of reading that book and putting something good in your heart, uh, having something good in your spirit that you can share and build other people's lives, well, all that you got from the junk on Facebook, the Facebook gossip, now it's in your heart. And you hear yourself repeating it and you're going like, wait, wait a minute. Why, how did I just say that? Because you're feeding on things that, you know, the little voice on the inside was trying to call you out of. And uh, little by little, 
you know, those things can, can build up. And you're living your life thinking, well, at least I'm not hurting anybody. But that's a very low bar, isn't it? Not hurting anybody is a very low bar for you to uh, uh, live your life by. Because not hurting anybody doesn't mean that you're helping anybody either. And I know that this is a little bit more challenging. But it just sensed in my spirit that, you know, sometimes we've got to get shaken off of our patterns a little bit. There's a passage in, in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses uh, verse 15, it says this. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards. For our vineyards are in blossom. The poet that wrote this is talking about the little things. It's the little things that ruin the beautiful things that are in blossom. And maybe you can look back to a point in your life where your life was in blossom. And you don't know how you got here. If you look closer, if you put a magnifying glass on how you led your day to day to day, it wasn't anything big. It's probably a little decision here, another little decision there, repeatedly, where your diligence uh -uh, was disseminated. Some, some of the things that you wished you would have done, you didn't do. And now you are where you are. How many times have you arrived at a place in life where you said to yourself, if I only knew what I know now when I made that decision, I would have made a different decision. If I only knew that that decision would have taken me where I am today, I would have made a different decision. If I knew then what I now know, my life would look differently. Wouldn't it be great if there was a way to avoid those decisions? Wouldn't it be great if you could look back and think, man, there was a way for me to avoid that regret. Wouldn't it be great if today you could know a way to avoid future regrets? Well, there is a way, and that's what my message is about today. Today I want to help you find uh, uh, the method in the scriptures that God has given us to avoid future regrets. There is a way. Our Heavenly Father has left us a method, a way to live our lives that's based on principles and a relationship with Him where you can avoid future regrets. But there's a little bit of our thinking that needs to be shifted. Our thinking needs to change in how we see regret and how we see uh -uh, potential mistakes. There's one thing they want to share with you today. That's my one encouragement. And my one encouragement for you today, for, so, so that you can avoid future regrets, is this. You got to cut loose from sin. Got to cut loose from sin. Now, sin is a word that's probably been misused many times. And I don't know your church history. I don't know if you've had a church history. Maybe you're here and you've never been to church. And sin is a word that is attached to like bad religion and condemnation. And, or maybe you've been to a church environment before where you were beat down by that word. And you were condemned by that word. And you were, you were, you know, that word was used as a weapon. But that word is just a way of explaining how we shouldn't live our lives, really. Because sin in, 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 in its source, the, the, the source of the word sin, it's actually an archery term. Simply, it means to miss the mark. It means to throw an arrow and miss the target. Now, we think of archery uh, nowadays as a sport. Most of you are probably thinking of the Olympics, 
Or maybe it's something that you do for leisure. But back in those days, archery was a, a battalion. It was, it was a, a, a rank in the military. An archer had the ability of turn the, situa- the, the battle around, the, 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 the turn the battle uh, uh, that, you know, depending on his performance is how uh, the battle would turn. So an archer had the responsibility of either hitting the target or missing it. If he missed the target and they are on the fence and they're defending an attacker, that meant that they couldn't make progress in their defense. If, if archers missed their target, they were in danger. The same, the same was true for the opposite. If, if you have a team of archers and you're trying to take ground, you're trying to win and beat an enemy and the archers keep missing... You cannot advance. So that's what sin does. Sin keeps you vulnerable. Sin paralyzes you so that if you are wanting to progress in an area of your life, you just can't because you're missing the mark. And you can't move forward while you're missing the mark. And today I want to encourage you with that. It is an encouragement because if you can live with that mindset, then you can avoid future regrets. See, Jesus did a couple times in the book of John. I think it's John 5 and John 8. He met two people. One was the man that was paralyzed by the, the lake of Bethesda or the, 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 the pool of Bethesda. The other one was the adulterous woman that came to be stoned at his feet. To both of them, at the end, when he healed them and, and the lady, when he forgave her, when he, forgave her uh, he told them, go and sin no more. Now, that's basically something impossible, right? Because the scripture really, uh, scripture even says that uh, he who says he has no sin is a liar. So we all sin. The nature is in us. But sin no more is a mindset that we should have. Sin no more is a way of, of uh, is an aim that we should have. We should wake, every day, wake up every day and think, you know what? I'm cutting my life away from sin this morning. That's something that I don't want to have any part in my life. Life, And I want to teach you a couple things very practically today that will just reveal to you, first, how sin is birthed, and secondly, how to identify when sin is trying to creep in in your life so that you can leave, live free and avoid future regrets. All right? Passage found in Galatians 5.17 says this, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. The first thing we need to understand before we go any further is this. Everything you have ever done, for better or for worse, started with desire. It didn't really start with knowledge. It started with desire. The good that you have produced and the bad that you have produced. The things that you are proud of and the things that you are not so proud of. They started with desire. There was a desire on the inside, and you made a decision toward it. And we all have opposing desires on the inside. That's what we learn in this scripture. Every single one of us, there are opposing desires on the inside. And it's important to keep that in mind. Because a desire is something you want. A desire is something that you long for. A desire is something that you have a drive to take a step toward and walk toward it. You know, the what that you wish you knew then that you know now started with a desire. The what that you wish you knew then was brought 
that brought regret, that brought disappointment in your life, started with desire. You wanted that. If you go back and you play back the tape without the emotions that you have now, and you try to remember the emotions that you had then, you wanted it. You desired it. You desired the drinking. You desired the sex. You desired the relationship. You desired the job. You desired the career. You desired it. You desired the conversations. You desired the spending. You desired the shopping and the food. And to you, in your eyes, it was good. In your eyes, it was something good to you. You wanted it because it was going to make your life better. Your intentions were good. You wanted to succeed. You didn't want it to end up in regret. You wanted to do what was right. But now you look back and you think, I should have known better. But I want to I just expand your mind a little bit today because knowledge is not the only thing that we have to weigh here. Because you didn't, take, you didn't make the decision. You didn't go down that path that you now regret because you didn't know. It wasn't like, oh, I don't know where this path will lead, but I'm curious. Let me go now. Since I don't know, this is where I should go. No, you had a desire and you ignored the fact that you didn't know. Not knowing was something that against the desire didn't have any weight. Maybe, you know, you hesitated a little bit, but the main thing that led you down that path was not knowledge or lack thereof. It was desire. It was desire. So now, what we should really say is, if I desired then what I desired now, if I desired then what I desire now, I would make better choices. So the shift that we have to open our hearts to is not only on knowledge. Yes, seek knowledge. Yes, seek to know. But place your desire in the hands of God and analyze your desires. That's why I'm going to repeat this. Your freedom will serve you best when it serves your calling, not your cravings, not your desires. Because if you live your life to satisfy every single desire, you know, you're bound for a life of, yeah, lots of excitement, but also a lot of regrets. So now, how do we know? How do we know, right? How do we know if, if the desires that we have uh, are good or bad? Because right? not all desire is good. Not all desire are desires that we have to pursue. James chapter 1, verse 12 through 15 says this. And this will enlighten you a little bit more, right? Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, in, in, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And, the, and sin, when fully grown, gives birth to death. You know, we need to understand the anatomy of sin, if you will, before you understand what kind of desire we should reject in our lives. We need to understand how sin is birthed. And it's birthed by an enticement, something that catches your attention and presents itself as good. You know, like I said, not every desire needs to be satisfied. There are desires that we need to reject. 
Now, how do I know, JD, when a desire is sinful? That's really the thing that we want to know, right? How do I know when a desire is bad for me? I'm glad you asked. Thank you so much for asking. I'm going to make this really practical for you, right? Because if you follow Jesus, if you have a relationship with God and the Spirit of God is in you, the Spirit of God will never lead you toward something that will harm you. He will never take you towards something that's not good for you. The Spirit of God will always lead you to Himself, away from what harms you, away from sin. So you've got to test your thoughts. You've got to test your thoughts, test your will, test your desire, test those things against the voice of God on the inside, yes, but also the Scriptures. Because God will never speak to you something that's against the Scriptures. And there is a main scripture I want to share with you. I'm going to make it very practical for you here. How to identify the thoughts and the desires. Galatians chapter 5, 5 verses 18 through 21. We're going to continue on the same scripture. And it says this. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. That's quite a list, huh? My goodness. And things like these. I warn you, as I, wanted you, as I warned you before, for those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Basically, you've got, you got to look at yourself and say, what's my motivation? What is the thing enticing me here? Does it have anything to do with that list? Think about it. That list, most of those things involve another person. Most of those things are relational. It involves somebody else. So it affects other people and affects yourself as well. Are the thoughts and desires in my heart immoral? Are they impure? Am I motivated by enmity here? Did somebody do me wrong and now I want to get them back? Am I motivated by jealousy here? Somebody got something that I want. And now I'm going to make decisions to show them that I'm, that I'm better than them. I'm in competition. You know, is there anger? Am I just angry? And that's what's motivating me. That's what's motivating my desire. You've got to ask yourself, you know, is this based on dissensions, on divisions? You know, the desire of the flesh is not what God wants for you. That's what fights against the voice of God on the inside. And we need to understand that we have both desires. And to our life, eyes, to the untrained eye, to the eye that is, you know, apart from God, they both at first seem very good. They seem very enticing. We are lured, the scripture says, which means it looks good. But in the end, we will have regrets. See, every temptation is a desire test. That's how we should look at it. Every temptation is a desire test. Just don't look at the, the temptation and go like, ooh, uh, I got to fight against that. No, no. Look at yourself. Why am I desiring it? Why do I want to make that decision? Why do I want to do that? Even though I know in my spirit that it might not be healthy or good. Why do I want to do that? Every time you reject that temptation, you're passing the test. Every time you reject those thoughts that are coming to take you down a bad path, you are avoiding future regret. And this is what James teaches us, that after desire has conceived, it starts with desire. After desire, after that craving is satisfied, after desire conceives in the heart, it gives birth to sin. 
And sin, when fully grown, gives you the end, which is death. That's the result. In other words, what he's saying is this. You don't have to go down that path to discover what's at the end. You know, you don't have to break it down and see what's going to happen. Let me just see what's going to happen. If you test your desire, you don't need to see what's going to happen. Because I'm telling you what's going to happen. Sin is going to take over and you will experience death. Your dream is going to die. The relationship is going to die. The thing that you were hoping to see life in, it's going to die. So don't do it. Don't go down that path because it's going to die and you're going to suffer. And you're going to have regret. See, God doesn't want you to have regret. He wants you to have fulfillment. He wants you to look, look back in your life and see the fruit of your labor. And I know this, you're in deep, deep in your heart. Your desire is for good. Your desire is to do the right thing. I mean, that's why you're here this morning. That's why you're listening. That's why you're watching. Your desire is to do the right thing. So we got to test our desires. This is something that can revolutionize your life if you haven't thought about it this way. You know, you got you to stop sin and cut loose from sin at the conception, before the conception, before it takes a hold of your heart, before it ruins everything. You can do that. You can do that. If you test it against the scriptures and the voice of God in you. Now, you might be here today and you might be thinking, JD, I'm already in it. What if I'm already in it? And I see the good and the bad in it. You know, there's a little bit of satisfaction, but it's just a train wreck. I don't know how to get out. I got to tell you this morning, you got to be bold. You got to rip it off like that sticky band-aid. Might hurt when you rip it off, but <laughs> you got to do it. You got to cut loose from it. And I'll give you three quick re reasons why you should do it. You got to cut loose from sin because it kills. Because it steals. Because it destroys. You know, there's a scripture that says, Jesus said that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. And sinful desire is the enemy's primary way in. It's his primary gateway. You know, the enemy's primary gateway is to come into your life and use, entice you and use, uh, present things that are not what they are. But to you, they look right. See, he's not going to come into your life and go like, Hi, I'm Satan. Let me in. He's not going to do that. He's going to try to entice you because his aim is to get you away from your purpose and from what you are doing and in the call of God for your life. He's trying to get, to get you to use your freedom for your cravings, not your calling. But God is calling you into himself because he wants you to see freedom and to be a blessing. Our dear friend from our community here, she has had a very tough year. You know, she's relatively new to her faith in Christ. And, you know, the past year has been a year of battles. She's fought some battles. And, and, and some of the things that she's experienced have shook every single foundation of her life. You know, and so we've been praying with her. We've been, uh, uh, you know, encouraging her. She has kept us updated you know, and we, we're believing for best days ahead. We keep, we're speaking faith into her life. But she told us a while back that she had taken up smoking just to cope with the emotions. It was just too much. And so she had taken up smoking and she was still praying, still seeking God, still desiring transformation in her life. But, you know, in that situation, smoking became a crutch. 
She just felt using it to, to, you know, medicate herself basically in her soul. So a few days ago, she felt a strong sense in her heart to quit. Well, nobody told her to quit, but she felt in her heart a voice telling her to quit. And she knew it was God. So last week after our message, when it talked about cutting loose, you know, she posted on, on social media and she said, I quit. You know, she made that decision and uh, she let us know. And, you know, we, we reached out. We told her we're so proud of you. So proud for listening to the word of God. So proud for following that prompting. We know it's hard, you know. But when you make that decision and you, and you take that step, things begin to change. God begin to do, begins to do something in you. Well, she had been applying for a new job. And last week, one of the potential employers called her and she had an interview uh, with a potential employer. And in the interview, her employer, which who is a female, began to open up about her marriage and began to say things to her that you really really don't listen, don't hear in an interview. Saying things like, I don't think it's going to last. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You know, we're not doing well. He doesn't want to go to counseling. I don't know how to solve this. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm telling you this. Well, our friend heard that same voice on the inside, the same voice that asked her to quit smoking, asked her, pray for her, pray for this woman. You know, you might not get hired, but pray for her. So she began to pray for that person. She began to pray for this lady with authority. She began to pray with faith. She began to declare a powerful future over her life. She began to pray about this lady that she had just met. She began to pray for things that she wants for her own self. Things that she has been still fighting and she began to declare over this lady blessings over her life. Well, she said that she got a phone call from that lady saying, I don't know what happened. But after we spoke, that things took a turn for the better. My husband came home. He wants to work things out. And he even, he even brought up couples counseling because he wants to see things get better. Friends, I got to tell you. Oh, she told the lady, I prayed for you, and, and you know, that, that connection happened. I got to tell you, friends, you know, you might be thinking, what is the connection between quitting smoking and praying for somebody and seeing the prayer answered? The connection is when God speaks to you and you learn to listen, He's not just going to keep you focused on your trouble. He's going to make you a light that will shine bright so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. You know, the same God that is calling you to cut loose from things that you got to leave behind. He's not calling you just to live a life that is limited and restricted. He's calling you into a place where you can shine your light and bless people in our community that need your voice. They need your heart. They need your spirit. They need you to be at your best so that you can restore them. There's way more at stake here. There are people that are meant to have their life, that their destiny is tied to you. And that's why God wants you to be at your best. That's why he wants you to cut loose from things. Not so he can control you, but so that you can live your best life. You know, obedience will take us there. And our friend's obedience you know, took her to a place where she was praying for somebody else. You know, because she heard the voice. What if she had ignored the voice that asked her to quit? She, had prob- she would probably ignore the voice that asked her to pray. And who knows? Who knows what would have happened then? You know, for some of you, and I'm getting to a close here so the band can start making your way up. But for some of you, this is a reminder. You know all this. No- nothing here is new to you. For some of you, 
this is revelatory. Like I said, like this is a, light bulbs went off and you got, oh my gosh, yes, desire. I got to pay attention to that. But some of you, this is stuff you've heard before. You're being reminded of. You know, and, and, and that tells me this, that, that God is calling you to act on what you know. To make a decision and take a step on what you know. Because we are better listeners than we are practitioners. And that's all of us. We can hear well and acquire knowledge. But when it comes to do it, it's a little bit more difficult. And maybe you have been living your life thinking that your solution is more knowledge. You want to know more of God? You want to know more of the scriptures? Because you think, I got to know more. I got to acquire more knowledge. And you might have hit a stop. You might have hit a threshold. And you might be thinking, why isn't God speaking to me? Why am I not hearing anything? Why am I not seeing anything here? I've learned this. We have learned this in our journey. That when God is silent, he's waiting for you to do the last thing he asked you to do. That when you are, you know, seeking for knowledge and you can't get any more knowledge, it's because God is saying, you already know enough. Just go and do that. And as you do that, I'll give you more. I'll show you more. So I want to encourage you today. You know, that maybe some of you, your problem is not learning. Your problem is doing. And you got to cut loose from the things that are keeping you from doing. Because other people's lives are at stake. There's a whole community around you that needs you healthy, that needs you well, that needs you to cut loose from sin so that you can be the voice of freedom in their lives. And you have been called to that. You have been called to not have your light under a basket. Because that's what sin does. It puts a basket on your light. Your light is meant to shine. To shine in people's lives. To shine in other people's lives. So that they may see your good works. Your good decisions. Your good desires. And do what? Give glory to our God. Who is in heaven. We are called to live a life. Of freedom. But freedom is, serves you best. When serves your calling. Freedom serves you best. When it serves your calling. Not your cravings. And this morning, I want to challenge you. This is a challenging message. I have realized that. But it's because we love you and because God loves you and he wants to see you free. So will you cut loose from sin this morning? Amen. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. We believe that if you are aware of these desires on the inside, you know, if you decide to stop sin before its conception, you know, if you listen to the voice of God within then you will live that life that God promised you to live. Why don't you stand with me?